Dinner is served. Mamie's house had a nice private backyard with a beautifully hardscaped patio that Larry was very proud to have designed for her. The Campbell family gathered most Sundays at Mimi's, and had it not been broad daylight, you could tell it would be a magical place to eat at night. There were strings of lights with small round incandescent bulbs strung over the patio where a great big weathered farm table sat loaded with steak, kielbasa, hamburgers, corn, and Larry and Bo's ad hoc fruit salad. It was a big crowd between the two families, with Sarah's parents keeping mine entertained and Gramps chatting up Mimi well past my comfort level. Chewie and Harper were seated at the kids' table with Miss Livingston and Landon. You could tell that Harper had never sat at a kids' table at her great-grandmother's, let alone at a kids' table with a semi-mute Chinese woman, but she was handling it well. Remembering where I was less than a week ago with Dusty and Peaches, this seemed like a pretty good outcome, even if the worst was about to happen. I would like to make a toast. My grandfather stood up, and we all stopped talking, half of us curious, the other half terrified. It's an honor to be in the presence of such beautiful women here tonight. Gramps was looking directly at Mimi when he said, beautiful women. Oh, shit, he had his super nut back thanks to Bo and Boomer, and now he's going to pork my future grandmother-in-law. Perfect. Gramps had game. Like my father and Bo, he was impossibly handsome with a sly grin that could probably crack a coconut open if he tried hard enough. He was still very interested in sex, and after his stroke, much too willing to talk about it in public. I knew there was no way Dad was going to keep Gramps under control. Just like the rest of us, he still worshipped the man. Speaking for the Dukes, I would like to thank the Campbells and our beautiful hostess. Gramps turned and made eyes at Mimi again for this wonderful meal. We'd love to return the favor should you ever find yourselves in Atlanta. He stopped again, turning to give his attention back to Mimi. Especially you, my dear. I saw Sarah's father, Mr. Campbell, arch his eyebrows. I think he just realized Gramps was on the prowl. He started laughing. His false sense of security was probably based entirely on Gramps and Mimi's age or that she was no longer interested in men. What could Mimi even do? She just had hip replacement surgery. I, on the other hand, was very concerned. She looked like her bones would break if she even thought of going coital. Everyone was waiting for an end to his toast, but Gramps was still locked in on Mimi. Gramps, finish it up. I tried to whisper as soft as I could across the table. Don't tell Grandpa Monkey how to peel a banana. He hollered back in my general direction, only to immediately slip into a softer cadence, looking directly at Mimi, who was smiling right back at him. Lord bless his food and the people at this table. Amen. Amen. Everyone followed with laughter. The relief on Bo's face after Gramps finished was telling. He was as horrified as I was. My mother and father were making a joke to each other and laughing under their breaths. Dad pointed to Larry and Bo when I caught them laughing and did a disturbingly accurate hand gesture of somebody giving a blowjob, mouthing tonight afterwards and pointing to Larry and Bo again. I tried not to laugh because I didn't want to encourage Dad into another scenario that necessitated more theatrics. I had just polished off an ear of corn and put my napkin down on my plate when I heard a familiar voice rise above the chatter. 
Can I get everybody's attention? I have something to say as well, and this seems as good a time as any. It was Sarah who was sitting across the table from me and next to Larry, even though he hadn't turned away from Bo the entire night. Once she had everybody's attention, she started up again. On behalf of the Campbells, I would like to welcome the Dukes to Saugatuck again. She started to tear up and seemed like she was looking for the words. And I want to apologize to you for what I have done to your family. I was going to get up and go over to her, but she noticed and easily stared me back into my seat, which, you know, macho-wise, wasn't exactly a high point for me. When Parker and I broke up, I was pregnant. He wanted to have the baby, and I didn't. I was young and scared. He was going through big changes in his life, and I didn't think I was ready to have a baby. I looked over to the kids' table to see Harper watching her mother intently, knowing she had a starring role. When I came home, I knew I was wrong about everything. Harper, you are the best thing that has ever happened to me. You got one past the goalie, son. I didn't think you had it in you, my boy. Gramps burst out, standing up, making the touchdown gesture. Mimi looked at Gramps with shock. He fell quickly back into his seat while gesturing his lips were being zipped shut. Sarah continued, I was so mad at Parker after we broke up, I didn't want to tell him about Harper. He was such a mess. I felt like it wasn't necessary for all the Dukes, even Chewy, to nod their heads in agreement at the such a mess part. Chewy wasn't even there. After I realized I had no reason to be mad at Parker, it was too late. My secret was too big, too complicated. Mimi, I'm sorry to spring this on you. I told Mom and Dad earlier while you were out walking. I've already apologized to Harper and Parker, Mr. and Mrs. Duke. My selfish secret has cheated you out of 14 years of grandparenting. And I'm so, so sorry. Before Sarah could even finish, my mother and Mrs. Campbell had left their chairs to join Harper hugging Sarah, surrounding her with love and words of forgiveness. I was still scared to get out of my seat. Mimi seemed confused. Sarah, honey, what are you saying? I don't understand. Mimi's bad hearing caused her to ignore most conversations, but she could tell this one was a doozy. Everyone was quiet. Sarah cleared her throat before answering. Parker is Harper's biological father, Mimi. Larry is Harper's dad, but he was filling in for Parker, who didn't know about Harper. Well, that was scandalous news for an 80-something-year-old. Mimi's jaw dropped so low I saw her dentures come loose. And I'm gay, Larry announced while standing up, then looking over to face Harper, saying it again, except calmer. Harper, I'm gay. Harper feigned shock, reminding me of the person in the mook painting, The Scream. Mimi's jaw dropped another inch and her teeth dropped into her potato salad. Without hesitating, she grabbed the dentures and put them in a napkin, turned halfway around for a split second, and boom, they were back in. Old people can work their dentures like gunslingers from the Old West. I wouldn't be surprised if she'd spun them on her trigger finger to remove the potato salad before popping them back in. Gramps turned to me, way too excited, thumbing back at Mimi and whispered in a celebratory manner, She wears dentures. I instantly threw up in my mouth. Not because a sweet old woman wears dentures, but because years ago I had a completely one-sided conversation with Gramps about 
BJs from old birds. He told me that old women with dentures gave the best blowjobs because they didn't have any teeth to get in the way. I threw up then, too. Now I had a mouthful of throw-up and a sweet, embarrassed grandma looking lovingly at the toilet kid, her new family member. As her favorite new family member, the last thing I wanted her to think was her denture fiasco caused me to hurl. I had no idea what to do. Mom, Sarah, and Sarah's mom were still in a three-way hug, and Harper was hugging Larry with Bo waiting to be next. There was a whole hugging party going on, and I was stuck there with my mouth full of hurl. I wouldn't, couldn't allow myself to think about why Gramps was high-fiving my father, or even worse, why my father was high-fiving him back. The right thing to do would be to just go ahead and swallow the barf, but if you haven't figured it out by now, doing the right thing has always been a challenge for me if it involves something gross. After some quick thinking, I took a cue from Mimi and picked up my napkin and emptied my mouth into it. It's a good thing I did, too, because right after, my father made the universal hip thrust gesture for boning to Gramps, and I blew even more chunks into the already burdened napkin. I folded the napkin onto itself, amazed nobody noticed. What in her going on, Uncle Pacassan? It was Landon, staring up at me, trying to hold my hand. She announced that Hoppa is Runkle's bastard child he no take care of. I could tell he was reciting Miss Livingston's answer, mostly because it was obvious, but also because I could see a smile tainting her otherwise miserable permascow. I wasn't going to take the bait, though. Even Miss Livingston couldn't rain on this parade. She's your new cousin, Landon. I covered my nuts as I said it, just to be safe. Oh boy, how rucky is Randon? He ran over to hug Harper, who hugged her little cousin right back. I knew it the minute I saw her. She has your eyes. My mom was in front of me now, posturing for a hug. Apparently, she saw me hurl earlier. Why don't you get rid of that, sweetie? She said, taking the bulky napkin from me and dropping it in the trash. Thanks. I knew the minute I saw her, too. I freaked. I think it's fair to say I didn't handle it with quite the discretion you and Dad pulled off today at the high school. My attention was instantly diverted. Hey, Dad! I was trying to scream without raising my voice. Put that away! There are kids around! Normally, that phrase would send shockwaves of fear through the Duke clan. I'm sure Bo and Mom were relieved to see it was just a big fat joint that Dad was showing Mr. Campbell. Every young person within earshot stopped what they were doing and looked at me. False alarm. Sorry, nothing to see here, folks, I said, shrugging my shoulders as I watched Dad tuck it behind his back. Mr. Campbell and Dad started laughing again and proceeded to slap each other's backs. Two minutes later, they grabbed Mom and Mrs. Campbell from the table to take a tour of this fine old house. Who knew the Campbells smoked weed? I just prayed that Mr. Campbell wouldn't try his favorite toilet joke with my old man. Sarah walked over to me, and we watched as our parents walked off into the house and said, I think they'll get along fine. I think you're right, I said, again, hoping for the best. Sarah and I settled back down at the table with Gramps, who was busy sweet-talking Mimi. Miss Livingston walked Landon and Piper back to Sarah's house, and Harper and Chewy walked into town to meet Harper's best friends, Grace and Tess, at Charlie's Ice Cream. Ten minutes later, Mimi was telling a story about Harper when it happened again. It started with a bump, and then for at least 30 seconds, it felt like we were on an ever-so-subtle sideways conveyor belt. 
like someone was moving the earth from underneath our feet. Gramps, never one to miss out on an opportunity, took advantage of it by holding Mimi close. I looked at Sarah. Was this it? Earthquake. It's gotta be, Gramps announced confidently. Sarah and I cracked a nervous smile. She squeezed my hand and kissed my cheek to calm me down, but I was a bag of nerves. Bo and Larry left right away at Bo's insistence to go back to Sarah's house to check on Landon. I had a feeling Bo was spooked too. Twenty minutes after the second bump, night had fallen over Saugatuck. The illuminated patio was as magical as I thought it would be, straight out of a magazine. Sarah and I were still seated at the table, comforted by nightfall, with Sarah's optimism growing on each of us. I could see Gramps holding Mimi's hand, whispering something in her ear when I heard Mimi say, Oh, Crawford, you are so bad. Sarah's father opened the screen door slowly, cautiously tiptoeing to the middle of the patio, followed closely by his wife and my parents, who were also tiptoeing for no reason. They all looked up at the stars, and after a couple minutes, Mr. Campbell said, Damn, Lucas, that's some good weed. They all ran back into the house, and we didn't see most of them again for the rest of the night. Larry and Bo had come back later and were hanging with Sarah and I around the fire pit when Dad literally emerged from the bushes. He wasn't wearing shoes, and he wasn't ready to go to bed. I was just glad he didn't have a boner. Dad got everybody high with another huge joint, then disappeared again without warning. Sarah and Larry were quick to notice departure route back through the bushes was in the opposite direction of her parents' house, where he, Mom, and Gramps were spending the night. 